I actually had an, an out of body experience. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I had never heard of it before, Russ. I didn't even know what it was or any, I didn't even know how to describe what had happened to me other than I was not in my body and I was in space. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Oh, welcome listeners. This is Russ the Big Guy and another episode of Going Boldly. Um, a little bit different today. Today, today we have a special guest uh, who has some very unique experiences. And uh, you as um, entrepreneurs and aspiring business owners, I think this is going to be very valuable to kind of like get into the mind of our guest today. So lots to learn. All right. You may have to stop and rewind a little bit. We'll see how it goes. But uh, today we have Monique Scott with us. Hi, Monique. Hey, Russ. How are you? I'm awesome. Listen, uh, listeners, Monique is a spiritual mindset coach for business coaches. So she's a coach for coaches. And she works with Jerisha Hawk. Did I say that right, Monique? You did. So uh, Monique is kind of in an interesting situation. She's um, uh, technically still running her own business, but she has one client. So that's kind of interesting. And she is going to tell us about her journey from coaching to real estate to business owner to uh, uh, maybe finding out that, that like running a, running a, a multiple-faceted business maybe isn't quite her jam. And that's part of the reason why she's working with Jerisha right now. Uh, we're going to find more about that as we learn more about Monique. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, as you know, I've really been looking forward to talking with you. And, you know, with COVID happening and uh, um, I got uh, I got COVID-19 and it kicked my butt. And, um, you know, I canceled a lot of business stuff. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just kind of like going to coast a little bit because I need to recharge and, and yeah. uh, the neurological part of this uh, COVID-19 is different for everybody, of course. And I definitely, boy, it definitely knocked me, you know, I'm like the kind of guy that just doesn't quit. And I, right. I always looking at life as the glass is overflowing as opposed to even half full. And boy, I'll tell you what, I, it was a struggle hanging on to those concepts. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but I'm so glad that you're back. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Well, as I said, I was really looking forward to talking with you and sharing you with my listeners. And um, so there was no way I was going to cancel this one. And, and I think that this is my, this is my kick in the butt to get back to work. Right. So, Woo-hoo! so yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So happy. And this isn't about me. This is about you. So, so happy to have you here. Um, I know some of the things that you talked about, um, you know, the making of a centered, clear, confident, committed CEO. I, I got a quote off of one of your, uh, one of your um, social media sites and somebody did their homework. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, I just thought that was perfect, you know? Um, so let's, let's talk about 
where you are right, like right now, you're working as a coach, a spiritual mm-hmm. mindset coach. And, mm-hmm. and, and you had, you had mentioned that that was something specific that you, you like, you define yourself in that way. And how, and how is that different from like any other coach, a CEO coach or success coach or. I'm glad you asked. So um, when I first started my coaching business, I labeled myself, if you will, as a manifestation coach, because I think that that's what most people identify with. I'm a certified law of attraction coach. I've been manifesting successfully my whole life, really. But um, that is where I started. But honestly, Russ, as I began to grow from a spiritual standpoint, mindset was always my jam. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, People would come to me for mindset coaching and I didn't even realize it. And even inside of the business coaching that I do um, with Jerisha, I found that a lot of um, her clients or our clients, her clients would come to me for a lot of the mindset part of it as well, right? Can, can you just des- can you describe the difference between a manifestation coach and a mindset coach or is it just a, a terminology that might attract people? Oh no, I think that there's a distinct difference. So um, manifestation coaching and I do mindset coaching inside of the manifestation coaching as well, but the um, manifestation coaching for me, I can't speak for any other coaches out there, but for me it's specifically teaching my clients, how to manifest. And even though that sounds really, really crazy, <laughs> maybe to someone, but really teaching them the fun, the fundamentals, eh, the fundamentals of universal laws. Everybody's heard, most people have heard of the law of attraction, yeah. but most people do not know that the law of attraction is really just a sub law, if you will, of the law of vibration, right? And there's the law of polarity and there's the law of, I guess, if you want to call it reciprocity, you can, right? Just depends. Yeah. So there's so many, it's like about 12 different universal laws. So I, I teach on a couple of those, primarily um, the law of attraction in the manifestation coaching. So I teach people how to work with the law of attraction how to reprogram their subconscious mind in order to attract the things that they want. So on the flip side of that, where the mindset coaching comes in, that part is understanding who you are as a spiritual being. Now, this is my version of mindset coaching. This is what I do for my, you know, my part of mindset coaching. I can't speak for anyone else. And you do, do, you do this with, through Jerisha's Hawks business? Not as much. It's okay. just a little bit. It's, it, that's way more business coaching than it is the mindset coaching. Okay. Uh, I do most of the mindset coaching for my own business. Okay. Um, because what I found, even in the manifestation coaching, Russ, what I found is a lot of people, <laughs> and this may sound a bit controversial, but hey, I love Neville Goddard and Neville was controversial too, right? Um, but I believe what Neville believed that God is not some entity outside of us. And I believe that if he truly created mankind, human being after his own likeness, if you will, I believe that we share one mind, one body, one spirit with God, that he is housed inside and not outside. And with that, I believe that you need to know who you are as a human being, how God has spiritually designed us manifestation is should be 
as natural as breathing. It should be as easy to do as walking and chewing gum, but I don't know, some people can't do that, right? <laughs> but that's, that's my philosophy when it comes to my mindset coaching, teaching people who you really are as a spiritual being and also being able to use your spirituality inside of your humanity as far as it concerns manifesting what you want in your life. So really just getting your mind right about who you are and the abilities that you have as a human being in the spiritual realm. Are there some areas where where you find there's a common need for a specific concept? Is there a, is there a common gap with people that you work with that you could describe that would fall under the spiritual part of it? Oh yeah, for sure. So um, what I have found is most people believe what I used to believe that God is an entity outside of us, that he's, you know, the big guy in the sky or what yeah. do you want to call God, right? Someone that you need to get on your knees, you need to pray for, you know, pray to, you need to confess your sins to, um, if you do wrong, you're going to go to this place called hell and just a very negative connotation of God. I think that people have less loving, more doom and gloom, hell and brimstone kind of thing. Right. Right. And it's a rewiring. It's helping people to rewire their mindset around who God is and how he really loves you and wants to help you. And I think one of the biggest gaps that I found Russell is people really having a very, very difficult time accepting and understanding that the world is theirs for the taking, not literally not take it, but you create your reality. Yeah. And that's that's a huge gap for a lot of people to really understand that you don't necessarily need to ask God for things, but rather work with him to manifest those things into your existence. I hope that that's making sense. But I think what sets me apart from all manifestation coaches or other ones is I manifest with Bible verses. And I don't know another manifestation coach, spiritual mindset coach out there who teaches manifestation based on Bible verses. Interesting. But it seems, yeah, but it seems to me, manifestation, like I said, is as, is natural as breathing. It's a God-given gift. You have to learn it like other psychic abilities, right? I, I believe that we all have experienced some form of telepathy, right? Mm. We've all had, Russ, you, me, everybody, you was thinking about a friend and they emailed you or they text you or you ran into them and you was like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you, you know? Well, I, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> let me just, let me just make a comment on this. Um, sure. Uh, and, and this is come, this is coming from, uh, if you're familiar with the Bible, this is coming from a doubting Thomas. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm a recovering Catholic. Went to Catholic <laughs> Catholic school, first grade through sixth grade, religious education mm -hmm. through twelfth mm -hmm. grade. I was an altar boy from fourth grade through twelfth grade. You know the whole wow. Bit, right. So, um, but uh, n never really bought into most of it. 
in fact, never bought into almost all of it. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. a kind of like spent my life is sort of like, well, prove it to me. You know, no, I don't, I doubt that, you know, tell me right. why, I'm, tell me why this works. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, but let me just say that, um, now these things could have been happening my whole life and I just never saw them. But over the past few years, uh, you know, and as I've gotten older, I have, well, one of the things that if you're paying attention, the more you learn, the more you real you realize that you don't know, right? The smarter you get, mm-hmm. the dumber you you are, <laughs> which is the truth, right? It's, I concur. It's only only the only the ignorant think they're brilliant, and they have all the answers. <laughs> I love it. It's true, right? So, um, right, you're old enough to know that. I won't give away your age, but. Nobody would guess at it either, by the way. Um, so uh, thank you. Yeah, you and you and I are like we're looking good these days. So, right. anyways, um, I've had a few things happen over the past few years that w- really um, got my attention, mm-hmm. and I've got goosebumps just just saying the words <laughs> just now. Ooh, but juicy! I, tell I, me. I, oh, you? Want, I can tell. Do you want me to tell you one for real? I wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't going to spend the, spend your time talking about it, but okay. I this is our time. All right. So I don't think I've mentioned this to anybody. Uh, and I don't even know if I can tell you without crying. So this is going to be really weird, um, for many people. Um, and this just happened last winter. So it's, um, okay. About a year, less than a year ago. Um, I, I had to go into, uh, another town. Uh, nearby, mm-hmm. which is about normally like uh, 25, 20, 25 minute drive on the highway or whatever uh, to pick up mm-hmm. some products. And I'm a late night person, so I don't mind, you know, uh, I like nighttime. I just like I'm a night owl. And I think it was mm-hmm. probably about nine o'clock at night. And uh, so I so I headed out down the road and it was um, it was uh, foggy and cold. Uh, I don't even think there was, it might've been raining a little. I don't think there was snow on the ground, but mm-hmm. I'm driving down the road and I, and then I, I got this sense that I should probably go home. Now I very often um, would consciously see things and then say to myself, uh, yeah, if you, you know, there's a possibility for an accident or um, if you do this, this could happen. So you probably shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Th- this was mm-hmm. not that situation. All right, which which what I just described would be my normal process, right? right. Very conscious and very, um, you know, kind of a kind of an intellectual exercise and in like, yeah, you know, what are the pros and cons of this activity? So this mm-hmm. was not that. It wasn't a voice, it, it but it was a feeling, and yeah. I thought, oh, that was interesting. And I'm like, so now I'm like, oh, that was interesting, but why would I go home? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's foggy a little bit, no big deal. You know, I, I can see well, no problem. I'll drive carefully to where I'm going to pick this stuff up. And I, I don't even know, I probably went another quarter mile and I got the feeling again, but it was a little stronger. And then as mm-hmm. I kept, as I kept driving, the feeling got stronger and stronger and it, it mm-hmm. was nothing I had experienced ever in my life ever. Now, Ooh, it was tough even talking about it. I got, I don't even know, I don't even think I got a couple miles, and I pulled into a gas station, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going home, because I could not drive any farther. I just right. couldn't do it, and I was like, I'm emotional right now telling you, and it was like, I started crying, and I started, I went home, 
and my family was home and I got home there. You're like, what are you doing home? And I go, and I started telling them like, I actually, I couldn't tell them cause I was crying. I could not tell them mm-hmm. what happened. I had to compose myself. And, um, so even to this day, even just explaining it to somebody is an emotional thing. I, I have no words to describe it. I can't tell you what the emotions, well, I can't tell you what the emotion is when I describe mm-hmm. it, except I just want to cry. And um, I can't tell you what it what it was that was enc- like encouraging me to turn around mm-hmm. and go home. Yeah, and I've had no other evidence of anything that bad happened somewhere that I would have avoided, or something good that happened, except for the experience, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. You know that resulted in me going home, and so, anyways. So there, I don't think I've told that to anybody before, but um, it was extremely powerful. And almost a year later, it's that the feeling, the emotion of mm-hmm. it is still with me. And um, it's definitely something outside of my experience ever in my life. Wow. Well, first of all, Russ, let me just say on behalf of me and all of your listeners, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable enough to open up and trust us with this information, really appreciate that because it's so many people, your experience is exactly what I'm talking about. These spiritual experiences that we have with God, the universe, infinite intelligence, source energy, Elohim, whatever you decide to call he, she, or it, or nothing, right? Mother nature, father time, whatever, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, I truly believe That is what I'm talking about. And who knows, even though you went back home, you felt this overwhelming rush of emotions that you cannot describe, do not even know where it came from, why you felt that, right? Yeah, exactly. But it was, it was overwhelming and undeniable. mm -hmm. All at the same time, I completely understand what you're talking about. Right. And so of course I don't teach people, I don't teach people how to tune into that. Right. Yeah. I know someone who does, but, um, part of what I do teach in, in my spiritual mindset coaching, part of my manifestation coaching is to be sensitive to that, not to blow it off. Because one thing I do believe from my Baptist Christian background is we would always say, or they would always say, in church, you know, God works in mysterious ways, or you never know what God is doing on the back end or whatever, right? And yeah, I, yeah. I totally believe that. So who knows what God may have been saving you from? And even though it was never revealed to you, still doesn't mean that there wasn't something, there There was not a reason why you should not have turned around and gone home. Yeah, I get that. And I'm yeah. glad that you did. Yeah, me yeah, too. I'm so glad that I, you did. I couldn't have kept, right? I couldn't keep going. I couldn't have if I if I couldn't have done it. There's just no way. There's and, no way I could have kept going. And this um, is coming from a very stubborn guy who who is who is <laughs> who doesn't take no for an answer. Actually, my whole point for bringing it up was really like coming from a you know doubting Thomas type of person. You know, prove it to me. I don't I don't yeah, believe it unless I can see it. With the Bible verses, yeah. You know, I if, yeah yeah if you know I don't believe it unless I I see it right type of thing. Um, right. This this there's there's something there's something there's something somewhere, right? Because I, exper- yes. I experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
And as did I, and you know, um, since you're sharing something that you've never shared publicly, I'm going to share an experience that I've never shared publicly mm. with anyone. We got a two. We got a two for <laughs> yeah. this episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, this happened in 2017. Mm-hmm. 2017, and I was just learning about the law of attraction. As a matter of fact, I had less than a year into learning about the law of attraction. And I wasn't even studying it at the time. I was just exposed to it. And I'm like, okay, God, if this is really real, I'm going to manifest this, you know, apartment, this luxury apartment in three months with a 523 credit score, no money saved up or nothing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I can't even afford this freaking apartment, this $1,200. And at the time I was paying $600, but I did manifest it in three months. Right. Wow. And I manifested a 703 credit score within three months, which people will probably tell you is almost unheard of for your credit score to rise that much in such a short amount of time. Right. But anyway, that's not the story. (laughs) That was my very first manifestation. And that's when I knew, okay, this law of attraction stuff is really real. The universal laws is really real. Shout out to Bob Proctor. I learned so much. Oh, yeah. And so... (laughs) And so what happened was this was October 2017, and I manifested that apartment at the end of 2016. So December, I moved in like a couple days after thanks uh, after Christmas, like December 29th. So anyway, um, I was sitting on my couch. I had broken up with my boyfriend. I was missing him terribly. And I just decided that I was going to do a meditation. I didn't know if telepathy was really real. I didn't know if you could really reach someone with your mind, like talk to somebody in your mind for real and they could really hear you. I didn't know if that was really real or not. But I thought, hey, if I do a meditation that that says I'm supposed to be able to do this, maybe I can do it, right? So long story short, what ended up happening is I actually had an astral projection experience, an out-of-body experience. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. And that was not my intent. I had never heard of it before, Russ. I didn't even know what it was. or I didn't even know how to describe what had happened to me other than I was not in my body and I was in space, literally in space, looking at the planets and the stuff. Like literally, but I was not alone. I was there with my ex-boyfriend. And I remember being in space. I remember him talking to me or, yeah, him talking to me because I didn't say anything. I remember him talking to me um, with our minds, like lips not moving, but he's talking to me. And I, I hear him just as clear as you hear me, right? And then we go back down to earth and, um, or come back down to earth rather. And it's, 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 it's so weird. It, it's, 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 as you can hear, it's, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it still, but now, was, your, was your boyfriend, was your boyfriend still alive? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Yes, he was. Very and, much and so. You, and you weren't on any edibles or anything, or <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the straightest one of the straightest arrows you'll you'll find. No, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, no edibles or or anything. Yeah, I was yeah. just trying to do a man, uh, not a manifestation, a meditation. Yeah, just to 
so he could hear how much I missed him and loved him and that I wanted us to get back together. That's all I was trying to do and ended up having an astral projection experience. And when I tell you, Russ, I literally, I took off from work for a week. I could not go to work. (laughs) I believe you. Literally. I I believe you. I spent a week on my couch crying. I called so many churches. Yeah. I wanted to talk to somebody and explain or have them explain to me what the devil just happened. (laughs) No pun intended. But I like I as you can see now, like I'm still at a loss for words. And, you know, some of the people that I've shared it with inside the, you know, law of attraction community, like, oh, my gosh, Monique, that's so awesome. I've been trying to do that for years. I was like, I was never trying to do it. And I don't want to do it again because it was it really sort of kind of traumatized me because I didn't know what it was. I'd never been exposed to it. You know what I mean? Years now, later, I do know. And so what I found or what I have learned more and more about myself and what I want other people to learn as well that those types of experiences can be commonplace, right? That's that's just another gift that God has given us. Yeah. So that's why I think more of myself as a spiritual mindset coach than just a manifestation coach. Yeah. Because I believe when you really learn how to work with spirit, when you really start to understand that you are a co-creator of your reality with God and life is something that you created. It it doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Right. A lot of people will say, yeah, but something Uh that two o'clock in the morning, just a couple nights ago, um, God woke me up and something he said to me, Russ was so profound. It stayed with me. And I was like, God, that is, it's so simple. It's, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to fathom. It's so simple. And what he said is the world is not subjugated. No, you are not subjugated to the world. The world is subjugated to you. And what he was reminding me and saying that to me, Russ, was just reminding me that I create my reality. I create it. Everything that's without started within. And so I needed that reminder, you know, because, you know, like you and I had spoken about, I've returned back to corporate America, but I was extremely specific about the type of job I wanted, where I wanted, how much money I wanted to make, my coworkers, my supervisor, and I got everything that I wanted and I manifested it within less than two weeks, wow. right? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to, I got to say, if, if I hadn't, met you and you had told me some of these things and, and even your astral projection, I'm, I might've thought that you were just a cuckoo bird, <laughs> cuckoo, but, cuckoo. um, <laughs> but be, as I, you know, as I had mentioned to you earlier is that, you know, I don't see auras or anything like that, but I know you've got one, you have a bright one. Um, and Thank it's you. just obvious. I mean, anybody who's conscious can feel it and see it and experience it. Right. And thank you. Yeah. And, um, and that's very attractive, obviously. One of the things that's happened, and of course, it seems to be changing, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe starting in the 60s, I'm not sure. But, you know, the Western Western societies really closed themselves off to a lot of 
mm-hmm. types of things that we're talking about. And for someone mm-hmm. who has been steeped in that, as I was as a younger person, even though I Me went, too. even though I went to Catholic school, I still tell people I'm a recovering Catholic. Um, <laughs> Because I really think, you know, I mean, I got basic morals and behaviors and stuff out of it. But beyond that, nothing, you know, Judeo-Christian upbringing sort of thing. So I guess my point is that in the East, there are so many practices who have allowed their practitioners to get to the point where they experience some of the things that you and I are talking about. Absolutely. And it's not unusual. And a lot of it is being accepted in modern Western culture, let's say. In the past, I would have been one to like say, oh, geez, I'm not going to hanging around these people, (laughs) you know, but now I've had some of these experiences. Let's talk about the importance of having a coach. Ooh, yeah. My favorite. Okay. Let's, (laughs) I liken, um, the analogy that I like to make when it comes to coaching, I like to think about Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods or, um, maybe Serena Williams, someone who's at the top of their game, right? Yeah, the, the, go- the goats, greatest of all time people. Right, exactly. The goats. I love it, right? The goats. So how did they become the goat? They didn't do it by themselves. They had to have a coach, someone to keep. I like to think of it as someone to keep their head in the game, right? Yeah. Someone to keep them focused on the thing or the goal that they're striving to achieve. So maybe for Michael, that's an NBA championship. So maybe for Serena, that's a grand slam. I like to think about it in that sense. So you know what you want to accomplish or achieve in your life, but you don't quite know how to get there. It's like you need someone to kind of help you put the puzzle pieces together or kind of help you fill in the blanks as you are moving towards um, that particular goal. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you what you should want. I'm not here to tell you what you should manifest. Heck, I'm not even really here to tell you how you should do it. What I'm here for is to give you guidance or counseling, so to speak, almost in a way. So you come to me and you say, well, Monique, as an example, right? Well, Monique, I want to manifest, I don't know, let's just say a husband mm. or a girlfriend, right? Mm. A, a, a spouse, a partner. Yeah, significant right? other. Yes, significant other love interest, right? Yeah. So with my belief is everything without starts within. You cannot give to someone what you do not have for yourself. So you can't give love or expect to attract love if you're full of doubt, if you're full of hate, if you're full of envy, if you're full of all of these negative emotions, right? That That's just not how it works, right? I agree. And so, yeah. And so that's one of the very first things that I am going to, quote unquote, coach someone in is also your self-image, right? What did you, what did you say about me, Russ? You said, oh, Monique, you have this aura, right? Um, and it's very attractive, yeah. Well, that attracts people, right? It sure Attractive, does. Attractive, right? So how do you attract a love interest? Well, first you have to be lovable. You have to be loving. You have to be someone that the opposite sex or same sex, depending, right? Hashtag no judgment here. <laughs> so you have to be that type of person who has what someone else would want, would be attracted to first and foremost, right? And then after that, I go heavily into 
self-image because I have found far and by large, that is one of the main things, if not the main thing that really helps people attract the things that they really, really want. Russ, I'm talking about the money. I'm talking about the Mercedes Benz. I'm talking about the half a million dollar home. That's what I'm, the really big stuff, right? Mm. So when you are wanting to attract, manifest those things, you first have to believe not only that you're worthy of those things, but you also have to believe that you can have those things, that they're for you. And if I found you asked me about the gaps, right? I found that a lot of people, for whatever reason, subconsciously, they want those things, but they really don't believe that they deserve, quote unquote, deserve to drive a Mercedes. They really don't believe that they deserve a loving spouse or, you know, a, a loving partner or whatever. There's all this negative stuff that gets in the way that keeps them from attracting or manifesting the things that they want. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so part of my job as your coach is to help you not only to see those things that we need to work on, but then also to work on those things. Yeah. That helps you move towards the goal. Yeah. And and, and those internal obstacles, I think, are the the most powerful. And oh, definitely. they're, They're the ones that are probably the hardest for people to come to terms with. Yeah, because nobody's perfect, but for some reason, we all think that we should be. Yeah. Or we're upset with ourselves because we're not perfect, but really, what is perfection? According to whom, right? Yeah, well, I tell people it's impossible. So uh, trust me, I spent yeah. ma- I spent many decades trying to be perfect. Um, and, you know, some of that is the result of uh, my Catholic education. But, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I tell people if you if if you're striving to be perfect, you will live a life of disappointment. <laughs> Let me just tell Each you. and every time. Yeah. So strive for excellence. That's doable. Right. That's yeah. Get it. But perfection is just uh, folly. Right. I completely agree. Monique, who helps you? Oh, you mean coaching-wise? Who helps me? Yeah, maybe coaching or mentoring or or whatever. Honestly, I have learned a lot working with Jerisha, just seeing her growth as a person. And I I tend to believe what Jerisha believes, that you should always have a coach, mm. no matter what, from, you know, to the day you die. Yeah. Because you should never stop learning. You should never stop um, wanting to evolve I've been on this spiritual journey. Um, so it's the journey, that journey that we talked about. So generally it was coaching. You got seduced by the idea of real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe back to coaching again, but then realized that really all the, all the extra stuff that swirls around with, with running your own business is not for you. But the coaching definitely, obviously you know, the spiritual mindset coaching is, is where you live. So mm-hmm. could you kind of describe that? And, and, um, I bet, I bet you went through some periods of questioning, some periods of, uh, feeling guilty, some periods of like, you know, second guessing yourself. And so what was oh. all, what was all that like? Okay. So first of all, permission to be completely candid, right? Yeah, definitely. We're okay. We have listeners who are going through exactly what you just did. Okay. Thank you. So let's take it back to this time last year. This time last year was amazing for me. I wanted to another manifestation. I wanted to leave Atlanta. I was tired of Atlanta. 
um, decided, hey, why not Miami? It's beautiful there. <laughs> so I manifested moving to Miami. Same deal with my luxury apartment, right? Mm. Within three months, knew nobody, knew ha- nowhere to live, no, no nothing, right? I just sold all my stuff and packed up. And I said, God, when I get there, I give you a week to point me in the right direction of where I'm going to live. And he did it. <laughs> right. So this time last year, I'm living in Miami. I have my own coaching business, but I'm also doing part-time coaching with Jerisha as well. And I'm loving life. And I had a cohort of about uh, five or six ladies in my group coaching program. Right. And all entry level, you know, they wanted to learn how to manifest. And um, the course was uh, my program, not a course. My program was eight weeks. Totally loved it. At the end, what I realized, Russ, and I can completely be transparent and honest about this. What I realized is I taught them how to manifest, but not necessarily how to implement it. Right. Mm. So at the end, I felt like a failure because no one had manifested the things that they came into my program to manifest. Now, of course, a year later, I understand that there's a difference. Either you are going to, as a coach, either you are going to, the result that you're helping your client get to is going to be, um, I'm going to stick with you until you get this result. So I'm guaranteeing that at the end of the eight weeks, you're going to be able to manifest the thing that you want. Or in eight weeks, I'm going to teach you the principles and teach you how to implement those principles in order to manifest what you want after the eight weeks is done. If you manifest within the eight weeks, that's amazing too. But if not, that's not my program promise, right? Mm. But I didn't realize that at the time. So I, I didn't really have a clear program promise. I was just like, I'm going to teach people to manifest. So again, um, at the end of the program, no one had manifested any of the things that they wanted. Now, granted, they were all pretty big things that they they wanted to manifest, but no one had done it. And I felt like a complete, complete failure, even after, you know, I took the survey and would you guys think of the program and all that? I got all positive feedback. But for me, I felt like a failure. Right. So. I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to recalibrate. I'll pick this back up in February. I'm going to take January off because my cohort ended like mid-December, right before Christmas. And I said, I'm going to take, you know, January off. I'm going to revamp my program. We're going to hit it hard again come February. February came, March came, April came, May came, (laughs) and I still did not pick it back up. I was so deflated. Yeah, I felt like I let them down. I felt like, oh my gosh, I wonder if they feel like I just took their money and they didn't get a, an ROI, you know, return on investment. Like I had all of these guilty feelings and I just kind of detached, honestly, you know, I didn't, I didn't plan to do it, but I started getting inside of my own head about the success of my clients or the lack thereof. Yeah. So come May, um, I got exposed. I'd always been interested in investing in real estate 20 years easily, right? 
I don't know if any of your listeners remember Carlton Sheets and his oh, yeah. programs at yeah. two o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> I even bought one. Yeah. I bought <laughs> so one. I don't think I, it was his. I think it was somebody else's at the time. I bought one too. Maybe Ron Legrand. I can't he was remember. big back then. Yeah. yeah. So I've been interested in real estate for a very long time. And an opportunity presented itself for me to get into wholesaling. Um, and they made it sound like not that wholesaling was easy. But it was easy to get into because you needed very little money to get into real wholesaling real estate, right? And once I was in it, I was like, oh, my gosh, not only do you need to pay for some of the apps that's going to help you drive around driving for dollars, right? You're looking for these abandoned houses. You're, you know, sending out mailers to people to, you know, hey, do you want to sell your house for pennies on the dollar kind of thing? Mm. And a couple of months after that, come July, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally burnt out. I've made no money. I've spent plenty of money, but I've made no money. Um, Yeah, this is not for me. So then um, I renegotiated my contract um, with Jerisha, decided to stay on with her a bit longer. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get back into coaching. I'm going to get back into coaching. Well, July, August. September, October, November comes around and I'm like, what are we doing, Monique? What the heck are we doing? Are you going back to coaching or what? And so I decided, Russ, I said, yes, come January, I'm going to get back into coaching, but I'm going to take the financial pressure off of myself by going back into corporate America, making really good money, doing something that I'm really, really good at. And that I actually do like, right? I'm an executive assistant by trade. I have been for like 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, this income will allow me to take some of the pressure off, really regroup, build the back end of my business the way I really wanted it. Because I, I had, you know, I had my back end built out, but I had no help. I didn't have the resources to pay a VA to help me do social media posting. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a, VA, you know, onboarding clients, offboarding clients, all that, all that, you know, I was doing all the things. Sure. So I just decided, you know what, Monique, let's do it smart this time. Right. So let's build the back end. Let's find a really good VA um, who's good with coaches, who's familiar with my coaching, not just any VA, right? Yeah. Who can help with the onboarding, the social media and um, payment recovery and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So that's where I am now. I am currently um, rebuilding my business and my coaching program. And over the last year, Russ, I've learned so much spiritually. My views have changed, not necessarily about manifesting, but I, I really want to focus more on the, the self-image part of manifesting yeah. and manifesting with Bible verses, hmm. because that's been huge. As far as I know, no one's doing it. And that, that is what I feel like sets me apart from others, along with me, you know, not being afraid to say what Neville Goddard believes as well, you know, yeah. that God lives within and not without. So I really respect what you're doing. And I don't think Thank it's you. that unusual for um, an entrepreneur, some a business owner, somebody who has a very specific um, a purpose, if you will, right? Who's identified some of those yeah. things to have to, f- you basically, you're figuring out how to do it. You're figuring out how to make it work. And um, I 
boy, I have experienced all those things that you mentioned as you were trying to build that business. It's br- it's a brutal time. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. And um, I know other people who have huge dreams and big business goals who are periodically going to work for other people because they have to. They have bills. They have to, you know, the pressure. Yeah. You can't. You got to uh, You got to do what you have to do. And if the pressure is getting to be too much like let's be real we are human we're not perfect we already agreed on that right we have we have lim- right. we have limits <laughs> and, right yes and, we do right and so being realistic and not you know we're not superhuman necessarily you know sometimes we are but um so yeah i think it's all re- it's all real stuff it's all valuable it's all important i don't think it's anything not that you're ashamed of it but i mean if someone is thinking you know they're kind of in a similar position and they've got to take a couple steps back just you know like do that yeah Uh, yeah and i i still i'm trying to i'm trying to get some traction for this concept that i have it's like you know because you've heard of the story like one step forward two steps back right and it's Mm -hmm. normally like people see that as a bad thing if you stop and think about it if you came upon an obstacle and or you know or like chasm in the ground you had a you had to somehow get over or, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, something like picture like a fallen tree or something, right? A fallen log. Yeah. So how would you get over it? You'd literally take two steps back and you'd run and jump. Yeah, and I'd get a running start. Right. You can't do it. Like for a standing jump, you know, you can't, we can't jump as far. So you got to like swallow your your ego and like back up and, and like get ready, you know, get your resources in line, your ducks in a row, and then go, charge. So anyways, yeah, two steps, one step forward, two steps back. I think it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Oh, I totally agree. And for all of your listeners and you and me as well, I want you guys to remember this. Give yourself grace. We don't do that enough. We do not give ourselves grace enough. We're so hard on ourselves, Russ. We're so hard, but not realizing that other people have the same challenges, you know? They just don't talk about it. Oh, that was my advice or advice that was given to me in regards to recovering from COVID just because it just sucked. It sucked my will to do anything. And I, it was not an experience that I was used to having. And, uh, yeah, it was very, it was, it was sucky. It was the psychological neurological part that was the worst for me. And that's what, that was the advice, you know, allow yourself the time to, get back and like give yourself some grace. Don't beat yourself up over it. Right. Do what you have Mm -mm. to do to get through it, be healthy and uh, your time will come. Yeah. This is your journey and embrace it. I love this stuff. Oh my gosh. Listen, Monique, (laughs) thank you so much for spending the time. We're not done yet, but I just just wanted to thank you. I think people are just love your vibe. Um, One of the, and I've said this many times on the podcast, one of the unexpected uh, blessings, if you will, or the amazing things that came about and through this podcast, which was a result of COVID-19 because I had this co-working space with no more co-workers, no more interns. So I was like, I turned it into a podcast studio and uh, the people I meet are incredible. And I've learned so much. Oh, my gosh, in the past year, just so much. So if people want to learn from you, would you want them to contact you? Oh, yes, please. If you want to drop me an email, you can drop me an email at hello at Monique Y. Scott, 
Scott.com, all one word, Monique Y. Scott. Or you can follow me on Instagram at the Monique Y. Scott. Or you can follow me on TikTok as well, the same handle, the Monique Y. Scott. That's where I am. All right, perfect. Oh, I need to do a breakaway just real quick and give a shout out to Will, Tom, and Nate. They're three young guys who own ParlorCityFurniture.com. Um, they're just killing it over there. And they're now a sponsor of the podcast, which is awesome. They're helping me outfit a new video studio. And I have a, a cool standing desk. It's motorized, goes from seated to standing. There's pre-recorded or pre-programmed positions also. Um, and we're going to be doing some upgrades in the podcast studio too. So they're super motivated, super cool. Uh, they want to help you. They're very excited about their business. They ship globally. You can find out more at ParlorCityFurniture.com. Back to the show. Well, listen, it's time for the questions, so stand by. All right. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, it is time for the questions. And uh, by the way, are you living in Miami still? No, I'm back in Atlanta. Okay. What was the little town that you were from? Is it near Atlanta or outside of Atlanta? Heck no. A little town called Winfield, Louisiana is where I'm from. Oh, all right. I, Which, that's our secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> that's too late. <laughs> I. <laughs> all right. Well, that is um, an error I made because I, I um, thought you were from Georgia originally. All right. So question number one, Monique. What is the okay. one little-known secret about Winfield, Louisiana, that you would like the whole world to know? That if you want the best fried chicken, you have to go to Brenda's Chicken Inn. <laughs> That's the only chicken place you're going to get anyway. <laughs> Brenda's Chicken Inn. Yes, Brenda's Chicken Inn. All right. It's family-owned. Oh, you got a little of the Southern uh, drawl there saying that. Okay. <laughs> So you, you can turn that on and off, I guess. All right. Let's see. Um, all right. Question number two of the questions. If you could have a conversation with a famous person, dead or alive, who would it be? What would you talk about and why? It would definitely be Neville Goddard. Okay. I would talk about um, his teachings or his time with um, his teacher, Abdullah. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is... I would want to know what can I learn um, about working with spirit that he learned from oh, Abdullah. Interesting. All right. Well, I think that's going to give me uh, and my listeners uh, something to kind of look into in the future here. We're going to have to check out Neville and Abdullah. All right. Question number three. And uh, I, this I didn't know that you were into the Bible verses necessarily before I wrote this question down, but... Uh, what is your favorite meme or saying that gives you strength or inspiration? It doesn't have to be a Bible verse. I shouldn't have said that up front because now I've, I've poisoned the question. <laughs> but. No, I think it's going to be what Spirit said to me a couple nights ago, just reminding me that you are not subjugated to the world. The world is subjugated to you. Love it. Okay, uh, question number four and the last one, by the way. Uh, usually I ask a coaching question. Well, I, let's flip it around this time. Uh, okay. Since you and I, since you and I bo both work with people as a coach, mm -hmm. what would you say are the top three things that anyone can do today that will help them live a more fulfilling life? Number one, forgive. I know people say that all the time. It's huge. Tell, forgive why? yourself. 
forgive yourself and forgive others. Mm -hmm. Because until you can learn to let go of the negativity within yourself and that you have towards others, I believe it's it's difficult to live a fully joyful life or joy-filled life. Love it. Number two, yeah. love yourself. Love yourself. Give yourself grace. Accept who you are, not who you've always been. Say Number that, three. Say that one. Wait a minute. Say that again for people. Love Love who you are, mm-hmm. not who you've always been. There you go. Yeah. And, you and gotta, number three. Obviously, you'd have to you have to identify that first, right? You got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Hello, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that. Thank you. <laughs> yes, therapy. Right. Yep. And number three, you can change. You can change. I'm 51. You can change. Every day that you wake up is an opportunity to do something different, be someone different every single day. It's a choice. I love it. Transform yourself. Mm-hmm. We uh, should always be doing that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something Right. we get mm-hmm. into our, we get into our river of thinking and uh, believe what other people have told us we should be and uh, could be and exactly. are and never, uh, many of us never get beyond that. And it's interesting that so many um, powerful movements are based on the concept of transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quite amazing. Alyssa Monique, you have been wonderful. I thank you so much for your time today. I know our listeners no, thank you. Have, have loved this. And I know there's some people out there going through that same sort of metamorphosis, if you will, that you've, re- mm-hmm. that you're, you know, you've recently been through and uh, some bold steps that I think you had to be pretty brave to do, really. You Thank know, you. Not everybody can do, not everyone has allowed themselves that, you know, ruled by fear and other people's opinions is, uh, is a tough place to stay, but many do. Um, thank you so much. Uh, oh gosh, we talked for an hour and, uh, it's been fun. Wow, really? Yeah. How about that? Huh? We're going to have to edit this down. Now, only for the diehards would let, would hang with us for the entire hour. And, uh, but boy, you know, they'd get a lot out of it. That's for sure. All right. This is Russ, the big guy, and I'm hitting the outro. We'll see you on the next one. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.